The only purpose for his life could be to serve as a warning to others. It's the Drew Marshall Show. Tim's music selection today. Tim, you've been very on the ball. Today. Thank you. Normally you're useless. Yes. This, but well, I knew I was. I've, I've had a couple of great compliments. I remember Penn Gillette. Remember years ago? Yeah. And I played from, that from Penn and Teller. Yeah. And edition. I played that random James Brown song yeah. about magic, and he was like, "Thank goodness you didn't play all the other ones. Everybody already plays." Oh, it's magic. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember when. Well, last time Tao was in here. Is this going to take long? Last time Tao was in here, he was like, "Look at me, like, yeah, great tune, great tune." Because like Tao, he's got to impress him. This is Bob Marley, called Judge Not. Well, I'm judging how long your stories are. Okay. It's the Drew Marshall Show, kids. Right. First show back uh, since our seven-week summer break, as we do each and every summer. It's our first show of season 15 on the Drew Marshall Show. We like to do these things called journey segments. And the reason that these segments started is because growing up in the church... Uh, every time someone came up on stage, they didn't. This wasn't an intentional thing, but it's just a well, byproduct. It, I of, think it of, was. I think it is intentional. I'm sorry. Do you mind if I just no? I'm, finish I'm, my. I didn't thought? want to stop you on your roll. Uh, you know, you get all these people up on stage, and they go, "Hey, I used to be an axe murderer, and then I found Jesus, and now I don't kill people with axes." And the rest of us are sitting in the crowd, going, "Well, yeah, I f- found Jesus a long time ago, and I still struggle with X, Y, or Z." Or Z if you're from Canada. Or Axe, Y and Z. <laughs> so this is about hope in the midst of mess. Because as Mike Iaconelli said in his book, Messy Spirituality, Messy Spirituality is the Christianity most of us live but few of us admit. Maddie and Angel are on the line with us. And interesting stories that kind of correlate to my story a little bit. Hi, Maddie. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm well. How is the country fair? Good. It's been fun. <laughs> Where, where are you in the in the United States of America? And do they have all their teeth? I'm in Maryland. You're in Maryland. Okay, lots of teeth in Maryland. <laughs> and Angel, uh, Angel, you're on the line as well. Where are you at in the United States of America? I am in Orange County, California. Wow. 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 Say hi to Rick and, and Kay Warren for me, please. That's right. Right in the backyard. We'll do that. Kay was on our show uh, last year again, or last season, and we, we had to turn it into a two-parter because we started arguing. Oh, yes, we did. Oh, you, oh, you did. Well, I didn't. we didn't argue. She just told me to shut up. How's that? Uh, I'll have to look that one up and listen for sure. Oh, it was Which so is good. wonderful. I, I have it, and I just play it on a loop. <laughs> yeah, shut up, Drew. Shut up, Drew. <laughs> anyway, uh, Angel, you are the producer of this movie because of, and we're all debating how to say it. Is it Gracia or Gracia or Gracia? It is pronounced gracia. We've heard it all three ways, and we accept them as long as the word gets out. That's so politically correct of you. Well done. (laughs) It's almost Canadian. Because of gracia, um, how do you concisely describe this movie to uh, our listeners right now? Well, it's about uh, four high school students their senior year journeying and uh, exploring a variety of different issues that teens face today whether that be finding their voice or uh, defending their faith or dealing with sexual pressures and um, the choice of purity and abstinence versus those pressures to cave. And so a couple of our storylines follow uh, different tracks. 
you find a couple evolving up one pathway and another couple going up another where they're facing uh, teen pregnancy and decision making. So it's a variety of the issues that our our modern day teens are definitely facing today. And uh, it has a great payoff in the end. And how did you and Maddie find each other, Angel? Well, that's interesting. I actually wound up writing an op-ed about three months ago when I heard about her story. And it was because it just compelled something in me knowing my own personal journey of having been unwed, a pastor's daughter, and pregnant. And so when I saw her story in the news, I decided to write sort of a counter-narrative to her story playing out what I had read about it. And so I, I wrote the article, and we pushed it to the desk of Fox News, and they wanted to run with it, but it got delayed three times because of breaking news. And interestingly enough, they finally wound up running with it on um, a day which was my son's 30th birthday. And it went viral and got a lot of discussion and debate. And Maddie sort of reached out. We reached out to each other once that that broke. Let me start this hallmark (laughs) moment we're about to dive into. I was dating a girl. uh, She became pregnant. I said worded it that way because I had nothing to do with it, of course. And and then we decided to get married, and he is now 28 and has three kids of his own. You know, it's a story that has its ups and downs, but I remember back in the day I was program director at a big Christian camp, and I had to go in front of the board of directors and confess my sin, and, you know, I was crying, and there was shame, and da-da-da-da-da. But they were pretty good about not... You know, they they didn't make me go in front of everybody or they didn't, you know, in front of a church or whatever. Um, They didn't shame me hugely. I did. I kind of probably did that myself. But, you know, I couldn't be a leader on staff anymore. I kind of had to step down and then but then eventually I went back. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is there, there are all these sort of tribal rules and nuances within the Christian tribe. And some churches go really one way and some churches don't give a holy grunt about it. So let's, Maddie, let's go right to your story. You're the girl who's in the Christian school who, who gets pregnant and you know, wow, that's like drama central. I mean, if you get pregnant at at a normal school, it's pretty drama. But when you're at a, at a Jesus school, whew, that's huge, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it's very big. So, first of all, let's reverse this story. How long ago did you give birth? I get uh, August 31st, so about three weeks ago. Congratulations. Mm. Thank you. And what did you have? A baby. (laughs) (laughs) What did you have? Sorry, I didn't hear. A boy. A boy. And the boy's name is? Yes. Grayson. Grayson. And Grayson is healthy and peachy and fine and yes. and pooping. Yep, everything's perfect. Yeah, everything works. <laughs> everything works. It's a, so fascinating how fascinated we are with poop at the well, that beginning. That was one of our yeah. big relationship questions. <laughs> that was one of our relationship questions earlier yes. in the show that no one knows what you're talking about right now. Sorry. Um, tell us about the very first time, Maddie, that you knew this was not going to go down well at the school like did you ever have a a thing in your head that said uh it'll be fine or as soon as you knew you were pregnant you thought oh my goodness i am in serious trouble not just trouble trouble but like trouble with the school oh yeah i knew it immediately the first thought that went through my head was i'm probably going to get kicked out of school for this because i had i knew that people were going to be able to see my pregnancy and that's not something that you can hide so everyone was going to know what i had done and i knew that they like the school would be embarrassed by it. They'd be worried about the reputation. Immediately, I just assumed that I was going to be kicked out of school for it. 
And who who was the first person you told that you were pregnant? I told my mom first. Wow. Not even a friend first? Well, I actually was just going to keep it a secret from everyone, but I broke down three days after I found out, and I told my mom. And your mom's reaction? She looked at me, and she was crying, because I, I knew she was... I knew she was upset. She was just worried about me and scared for the future. But she looked at me and she said, you know what? I love you. Things are going to be fine. And we're going to figure this out. And you're going to get through this. So there was no anger. There was no yelling. There was no, she wasn't mad at me. She was just worried because she knew that my future was not going to go the way that any of us had planned. And she knew that I'm going to be going through a lot of hardships. But she just came at me with tons of love. And exactly what a parent should do. All she did was just give me love. She didn't get mad at me. She didn't tell me, I can't believe you've done this. Why would you do this? She just loved me, and that was the best thing she could have done for me. Wow, wow. That's serious props to your mom for sure. What about uh, Dad? Because isn't uh, your dad a preacher? He was actually the president of the school board at the time. Oh, hey. In the words words of the kids these days, snap. Yep. (laughs) That's just unbelievable. Oh, my. So how did yeah. he react? He, well, I, I told him this, but we were actually in the grocery store parking lot. It was, like, at 11 o'clock at night, and I told her, and then we went home, and I asked her not to tell my dad and my brother, because I wanted them to hear it from me, but I just had not gotten up the courage out about it, because I knew I was scared that this was just going to make him mad at me. I was worried about the disappointment that he would have towards me, and so Monday night, uh, it was at dinner, and he was talking about college. Because actually, that day I had gotten my acceptance letter in the packet to the college I had been planning on going to in South Carolina. And we were talking about that. And I looked at him, and I just broke down in tears. And I told him I was pregnant. And he said, "You know what? You're going to be okay." He said, "You're going to get through it. I love you, and we're going to figure this out." So he responded the same way that my mom did, which was awesome. Um, do your parents want to adopt an older kid, <laughs> like me? Yeah. <laughs> 50-something years old. 50-something, a 50-year-old kid, 50-something. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Okay, now let's go to the school, because if your dad's like the big kahuna of the board at the school, then I'm sure the school is going to have the same reaction as your dad, right? Yes. Well, that's what we we hoped for. So my dad went to the um, principal first. He met with him. I think they went out for breakfast. And then my dad met with the board. He called an emergency board meeting, and he told them, and they were obviously disappointed. They were worried about the school. They were worried about the students and everything and how it would make them feel. And they were just worried about how they were going to handle this because they've never had to handle a pregnant student at school before that we know about or since I've been there. And so my dad told everyone and the leadership of the school and then the staff knew. And then their first reaction was, okay, well, she's going to have to stay out of school. She's not going to be allowed to come back around the school or be on campus until after she has the baby. Um, whenever she used to. So immediately, that was like a big slap in the face because they were, they really just were trying to hide me away. And I know it was difficult for them because they had no clue what to do, but just that first reaction of just completely tossing me out and hiding me away really hurt. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was adopted, and that was the same kind of thing for my birth mother. She was kind of, you know, she in those days, she had to be hidden away um, yeah. because it was there was shame uh, with all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So... 
Okay, let me just throw something out here. And Angel, I want I want your perspective on this just for a second. I just heard Maddie say that you know this Christian school hadn't had to worry about this sort of thing before. And the first thing that popped into my head, Angel, was well, that's because before when somebody got pregnant at the Christian school, they knew there was going to be a huge shame fiasco about it, so they probably took a Plan B pill, or they maybe had an abortion, or you know, I mean, well, the odds are that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but somebody might have had some sexual activity prior to Maddie at the school. But also, I'm sure the fact that it's connected to the, the you know, the, the board of directors' daughter makes a big difference if it's just someone who's attending yeah. the school. Yeah. Right? Angel? Well, I think for sure um, that that's definitely choices and decisions that get made because of the pressure. And just like Maddie said, the fear fear of how uh, your your parents will react or the adults in your life, the school, the educational system, your church, your sphere of influence, your whole network. So that fear is definitely there, and both Maddie and I being raised in a church in a Christian home, my dad being the pastor, we had those biblical foundations and that perspective, but that fear moment when you face it is very defining. And that, that, that both Maddie and I talked about it, that first thought that goes through your head is, how can I hide this or how can I get rid of this? And you wrestle. You seriously wrestle with the decision of an alternative that nobody would ever know. And so it's, you know, it is prevalent. Obviously, she and I are 30 years apart in our story, but it's a timeless story. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, looking 2,000 years ago when Christ leaned over into the sand and rode into the sand, and the stones dropped and people walked away, it's a timeless story. And so, you know, my focus and emphasis in sharing my story was on the grace and the truth and the love that I received from my father versus that condemnation or law that tends to uh, put people in fear, put people in hiding and make people force people at times to make a decision or feel forced. They still have a decision to make yeah. to, to look at that alternative. Okay, folks, we're on the line here with Maddie and Angel. Angel is uh, executive producer of this movie because of Gracia. See, I said it right, Tim. Um, you rock, girlfriend. The, the, the website is becauseofgracia.com, and Maddie is um, just some young punk kid who got pregnant. I mean, come on, that's what people are, you know... I can't even believe that we're we're still at this day and age where where people would put that kind of shame on you. But hold on, let me go back, Maddie. You went to this private Christian school, and a private sc- Christian school has their own rules, their own code of conduct, their own ethic thing, mm-hmm. or whatever. And they probably made yeah. you sign something saying you won't have sex, or or you won't smoke, yeah. drink, or chew, or go with boys that do. You know? Yeah. <laughs> And so you sign the thing, and then they expect you to abide by it. And, and and I've always kind of said, look, if you own something, if you run something, you get to determine how something is run. If it's a publicly run school, then 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 it's a government thing, and everybody gets to weigh in on this. And you got to be more politically correct. But if it's a private Christian school, do, do they not get to have their own rules and then enforce them? I think, well, I mean, obviously, they're definitely allowed to have their own rules, and they can decide what they want to do. Just the only problem with the whole conduct code thing is when you sign it, there aren't any punishments listed. They decide your punishments based on the rule broken and how severe, and, like, the severity of what you did, like, as to breaking the rule or whatever. So it's different because, well, I mean, in my situation, if someone were to just have had sex, It'd be different because, I mean, they wouldn't have gotten pregnant, but I got pregnant, so I was treated a little bit differently than someone who would have just been found to be sexually immoral. That was the only problem with the whole rule thing, I mean, the whole consequence thing, because in the conduct code, conduct code, it didn't say, you know, if you're pregnant, you will not be allowed to walk in graduation, plus all these other punishments. So that was the only thing that made the situation 
difficult because they told me that, you know, having a five-month pregnant student walk across the stage at graduation, like, what would that look like to everybody? That would make everyone uncomfortable. It would hurt our reputation. just wouldn't look right. So that's why it went to the whole graduation thing on top of my other punishments back in February when they found out that I was pregnant. Yeah. So I think that it's, I mean, I have no problem with the conduct code. I think it helps keep us accountable, but at the same time, it can also turn, it can also make students hypocritical because they'll see kids like me or someone else who, great, let's say there was a kid who got caught drunk driving or something like that. They're going to get, I mean, they probably end up in jail, but I mean, they'll be punished way worse than a kid who's hiding it. Yeah. I think it just teaches us to, like when you're shamed publicly like that in front of all your peers and everyone at the school, I think it just teaches the other students to hide it better. Wow. My brain is exploding with yeah buts. So, Angel, let me let me throw out something to you here. Do you think the school that Maddie went to, uh, they probably didn't make all the right moves, but now that things are where they're at, down the road a little bit, do you think that the next time something like this happens, they will handle it differently, or have they not really learned? Like, this is such a teachable moment. I hate to sound like James Dobson here, but... Uh, that's probably a horrible name to bring into this conversation. But anyway, um, you know, a, a teachable moment. I mean, my goodness, what was the biggest thing Christ was on about was was about grace and forgiveness. And, okay, there's moral code, and we all get that. And if you're part of the tribe, you're supposed to abide by stuff that the Bible talks about. But then again, wait a second. Oh, yeah, we're human. We make choices based on what whatever. And next thing you know, what a great, great exercise to be able to have a community surround Maddie and say, wherever you're at spiritually, that's one thing, but we will not let you go through this alone. We are going to stand with you and support you. We're not making any moral kind of judgment-y call thing here. All we're going to be, we want our school to be known for grace and love. Your thoughts, Angel? Well, well, absolutely. I, I don't have a relationship with Maddie's school. I don't know the administration. I don't know the internal workings of that. I can possibly guess that post all of this, there would be that talk and discussion to say, how could we have done it different? Yeah. I do understand in, in God's Word, there's discipline and there's consequences, and, and God usually allows those consequences in our lives that aren't necessarily orchestrated by man, but allowed by God. And so I think that, you know, for me... Um, Shame didn't teach me, grace did. And my father's reaction in grace and love absolutely radically propelled my life in a new direction. It had it shook me to my core where my head knowledge then connected with my heart. And all of a sudden it was that new life and that new beginning of that freedom where I, I could start and chart a new path. And so I, I, I'm sad at the, the decision they made. Uh, m- my own op-ed wasn't necessarily calling them out. It was saying, I'm letting you know there is an alternative path to take. Yeah that is absolutely life-changing, that can be a teachable moment, just like you hope to achieve, but with a different direction and absolutely allowing it to be bonding and uniting versus divisive. Wow. I want to just quote, I want to do an Oprah moment here. Yeah. Here's my aha, quotable, tweetable moment that our Twitter social media person is going to tweet out. Uh, Shame didn't teach me, grace did. Shame didn't teach me, grace did. And that is a quote from Angel, who is the producer, executive producer, because of Gracia, because of Gracia.com. You know, I was, I remember panicking a while ago when I realized that my daughter was of the age where, you know, some sexy time stuff could be happening. <laughs> and, and I, and I, and I thought, well, I want to get ahead of this and I don't want her to ever, because I, 
Just my personal belief, I really believe that as soon as an egg is fertilized, I believe that this is life. And so I'm, uh, how do I say this without getting in myself, painting myself Jerk. into a corner? Yeah. I mean, I abortion, look, I was somebody who should have been probably aborted because my mom was like 14 or 16 when I was born and they could have easily been done with me. But I wasn't aborted and I am here today uh, doing this show. And if my daughter became pregnant, I wouldn't want her to feel alone or panicked or or shamed or scared because she was pregnant. So I had to communicate to her. I had to say, Jess, I just need to let you know, if this ever happens, please know that I will not jump down your throat on this and we will stand with you and we'll walk through you this whole and maybe give the baby up for adoption maybe you keep, I don't know but whatever we'll do it together I just don't want you to freak out and and consider abortion an uh, an option now that's not jeez uh, I never talk about this topic in the show cuz it just it makes so many people freak out I'm not saying carte blanche there should never ever be no. a reason for abortion I'm a guy I don't have a right to say that kind of stuff but I'm just telling you my situation with my daughter um, that was a bit of a rant. Sorry about that. Okay, I'm going to stop talking. Um, Maddie. What? Oh, sorry, Angel. Yeah. I heard you chirp in there. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was going to say I think that that the, the balance in that because people could also say, well, gosh, you have that kind of conversation with your daughter. You're giving her carte blanche opportunity to make poor choices, and it will just be okay. I think the message that's more clear to communicate because I get exactly what you're saying is to say, I'm going to let you know that we're all human and we make poor choices, and I acknowledge that myself as well. But I want you to know that when we make choices that are outside of God's way, there are consequences, and they will hurt. So I encourage you to make the right choices. But if you don't, I am here for you, and I'm here to catch you when you fall, that I will be a friend, and we will move forward. And Maddie said something to that same yesterday when we were talking on the phone. Maddie, what was your description when you talked about you're not exempt from it? You shared that with me. Can you share that with them? Yeah, I think, I mean... As a Christian, I think some people, I mean, we're obviously held to a higher standard, but we're not exempt from making mistakes. And I was just so worried about my reputation, and I knew that people, like, this was not what anyone expected from me. But, and I I just wanted to run from it. I just wanted to hide it. I wanted anyone to never find out about it. I just wanted to go have an abortion, and I would just never tell anyone, and I think it never happened. But it was the support that I got from my mom. You know, she said, you know, you did make a mistake, but it's okay. You're going to be fine. I think it's that support. Uh, really, it, from both my parents and even my brother and the rest of my family and my friends, just them letting me know that they were there for me mm. and supporting me and helping me through everything. I think that really helped me feel better about, I mean, not feel better about the situation, but just make me realize that I can do this. I don't have to run and hide from it. I can turn this into something beautiful for Christ. Um, Maddie, let, we're running out of time here, so I just want to kind of finish with this. Where are things at with the father? He's involved, but I just don't speak about him with any media. He didn't go to my school or anything, so I just left him out of all of it because it didn't involve him. But he is involved, right. and so is his family. Okay, and so does it look like, oh, I don't even know if I'm allowed to ask or should ask this question, but I, there's a point behind all this. So you, you answer any way you want, obviously. Okay. Um, are you and him going to, you know, be together, get married, or you just don't know, or probably not? Or what are your thoughts on that? I don't think so. We're not in a relationship, and I don't see anything between us. Okay. So, no, I don't think so. So, this is just Drew Marshall talking right now on behalf of Drew Marshall. Speaking on behalf of my experience, just because somebody gets pregnant does not mean that they should get married. Exactly, yeah. And and I, 
you know, I come from a time, a day and age, when we just invented the wheel uh, back then, <laughs> where, you know, that's what you did. You, 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 oh, you're pregnant? Well, you know, you get, get married, you know, make the, make the best of it. What's the, yeah. What was the phrase? Uh, make her an honest woman. Yes, because you're an honest guy, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So, and I just have learned that two mistakes don't make it right. Anyway, Maddie. Yes. You go, girl. How's, the, how's that for a great ending to an interview? Jeez. Maddie, thank you very, very much for your time. I'm sure the media on this has been a little weird for you to process, so you've been yeah. very, very gracious with us. Thank you so, so much. Thank you for having me. And Angel, well done. I read that op-ed. Really well-written article, and in uh, this movie is, again, kind of while you're on the line here as well, the movie is called Because of Gracia, G-R-A-C-I-A, becauseofgracia.com. Uh, it's released in the States, uh, but I'm sure we'll, it'll be coming out on DVD soon enough, and maybe we can get it up in Canada Netflix somehow. So Netflix, I don't know. HBO. In other words, how can us dopey Canadians get a hold of this movie? Uh, yes to all of the above, and go to the website, and you'll be getting more updates and details, and we're actually talking about Canada right now, so you just never know. Oh, Canada. Beauty, eh? <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, Angel. Our filmmaker's Canadian. We love Canada. Oh, I'm so sorry. What a hoser. Tell, <laughs> tell him hi. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Bye, girls. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 Thank Bye. You. Bye.